what is up guys? It is Stu. It is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. And finally, I got you here, dude. This is fucking dope. Um, I walked in your Greenville location. I was going back to a DM. I is two years ago. I walk in your Greenville, I shoot the whatever. I shoot you guys a text like, hey, this place is incredible. Um, and I was at some, whatever, some dive bar in Greenville and you or somebody messaged me back and says, hey man, thanks so much, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, you gotta come to Charlotte. And back then you're like, coming. Yeah. And it's it was so fucking funny. And then I remember see, you know, I follow you guys, and then I see the announcement. I'm like, oh, fucking for real, let's yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. Now, Seneca makes sense with the backstory, right? Yeah. Like, and I wanna, tell me if I'm summarizing this right. My sister went to COC too. Oh, right. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so my sister cool. goes to COC. You go to college in Charleston. Yep. Yep. Post college, you fuck off. You go over to Europe, hang out for a little bit. You come back. Pops is a pilot. Mom's yep. the entrepreneur. Pops needed a gym with better times and access because of his crazy fucking hours. Yep. yep. They open the gym, but you get there. It's kind of fledgy. It's not doing its thing. You step in, you correct the ship. Yeah. Right. At that point, at what point there were you like, okay, gymming is the, like doing the gym is the thing. Cause you fix it like, cool, I did this. But yeah. like, at what point we're like, I'm going to continue to do this. Yeah. So it was, yeah, pretty much, you know, spot on with that story. Um, you know, my mom's the, the entrepreneur, the go-getter. My dad's the meathead, but like he gets the job done. My mom will start it. My dad finishes it. I feel like they work really well together. Gold's gym pissed him off one day. He's like, fuck you. I'm just gonna start my own gym. Literally. I remember I was like in church and we're drawing up like gym plans and I was like, oh shit. And so they kind of like started the original gym in high school. And I'm a rebel, you know, because just because my parents are doing it, I'm like, I'm not doing gym. I don't want to work in it. I'm, you know, I was an athlete, so I always like, you know, worked out, but I'm like, I'm not doing the gym. Sure. When to call Charleston, exactly what you said. But I always was like, in college, I worked at a gym. I was always into fitness. I love the atmosphere of just like bringing people together. You can connect with people over experiences, different backgrounds, cultures, just over fitness. If you see someone in shape, you know they worked hard to get that. You know, you don't just wake up with a six pack. So I like that aspect and I came back from Europe and I was like, okay, I really wanna start something on my own. I'm really good at like bringing people together, creating experience and I love fitness. My parents were about to sell it. it it took off and then it became like a hobby or the hobby took off to a business plateau then started kind of like dying off. My mom was like, I'm done with this. I just wanted to have sure. something to play with. My dad's still working out. And then I kind of came in and I was like, look, give me a year or two. Let me like work my way through it. I'll start janitor shit. And um, if it nothing happens, cool. If in a year or two, if it's exactly the same, let's sell it. You know, at least I got my hands wet. Yeah. Um, and then I just treated it like a startup, man. And I went in and I was like, cause I walked in after coming back and I was like, I wouldn't want to work out here. That was Why? like, what was the problem? It just felt like a basic, you know, like it just felt like, and you know, credit to my parents, they, they killed it. You know, like they did exactly it. But like I said, they weren't just like, you know, they started it and then they, they weren't like, you know, having that energy into it. And then like I, I worked out and I was just like, you know, I'm working out here because of my family, but I wouldn't like choose this gym. And that's kind of like the, the mindset. Was they like, built okay. it for them. You thought of building it for someone else. Like you thought of like the kind of person that would come in there. Exactly. And then I was like, okay, like, I think I can make something cool with this. Like, let, like after you graduate college, there's a point where it's like hard to meet people, you know, like in yeah. college, you go to bars, doesn't matter. You meet people easy. When you graduate, it's like, okay, you meet people at your work or where you live, maybe at the pool. Other than that, where you go in the bars by yourself, it's hard. Unless you're a super outgoing guy or girl, it's a little bit difficult. So the gym's a place you go to by yourself, not weird. 
and you can just meet people. You can be around people, interactions or, you know, or whatever, yeah. it can be super platonic. So I was like, okay, this is a place where it can be a hub of like bringing my friends together. Cause that's, I grew up around my dad working out like the old school bodybuilding days where like, that was like the boys club. It was like him and his always homies. I remember I'd be, you know, in the gym and just kind of like watching them. And it was just like the boys club. And yeah. I, I liked that like vibe, you know, the Arnold days were sure. like, that's like, it was like that, like, you know, just a club. And so I liked that aspect. And I was like, okay, there's something to it of having just like, having those like bro talks and getting through breakups and like, you know, just having that atmosphere that was lost. And it just became like everyone in their own headphones, everyone in their own shit. What year is this? So this was 2012. Okay. Or 2013. 2013 is kind of like when I started back into it. Um, I graduated 2012 from college at Charleston. So yeah, maybe, maybe 2014. Anyways, around, around that, that time, probably 2014 is probably more accurate. Um, that's when I kind of came in and started like rebranding it and, and, and working it. And, uh, you know, I, I literally said I treated it like a startup. I was like, if I were to build a gym, how would I start doing stuff? And I just learned everything. My mom, I was sitting with her, you know, looking at the books. How do you do this? You know, I was having hard talks with people. I fired someone for the first time, you know, like having those weird talks. Raising you know, membership prices on people. Yeah, yeah. And I came in and everyone was like, oh, this asshole, just because his parents, you know, here, he's just going to do it. And I, I had that chip on my shoulders, like, I'm going to outwork you. I'm going to prove through this that I can beat you by outworking you. And I'm not going to come in and just like, you know, the, the son of the, the boss's son. Yeah, yeah. And just come in and sit back and sip coffee and just like, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm going to outwork everyone here. And I, that's essentially what I did. And, you know, just kind of. Went so through. your parent, I got to imagine when your parents were running the demographic old in Seneca, if you, you, you're familiar with that demographic, you got, it's a bit older. <laughs> and then, I mean, you got some, you got the, there's a high school, like it's, you got some teenagers, but yep. most people aren't like, can't wait to live in Seneca for the rest of my fucking life. So they're getting the fuck out. They're going to Clemson. They're going to yep. school somewhere. How did like, you look at this and I think of the demo in Seneca. I'm like, that don't fit. <laughs> so like there, I mean, but in every market there's like, there's, they are there. Yeah. You just got to find them. How is you started to change the vibe? You started playing hip hop instead of country and show it. People leave. Did people stay? Did just people left, but then a different group of people came. Yeah. How did that work? So this is a battle that I still battle with my mom today because my mom will still come into the Seneca the gym and, and the music, bro. That is the biggest battle yeah, yeah. because my mom is a saint and she likes to please everyone. And she loves her old people. Like she loves them to death. Like she, there's a line of people when she comes to the gym that want to talk to her. Sure. There'll literally be a line out front of the door to just talk, talk to my mom. And you know, the squeaky wheel always gets their way. So the old people are the people that complain. Yep. And so in Seneca, we had a, a big older demographic and we had a high school demographic because you know, there's three high schools yeah. in that area. We didn't have my age really demographic there. So that was a tricky part. So I'm like, okay, it was a, it was like, I think what they say, if you, you know, if you roast, uh, uh, was there, I put a frog in boiling water, you know, if you start it, he'll, he'll, get, it'll, get out. yeah. So it was kind of like small increments of like, okay, let's like start during the busy times. Let's play a little bit of like clean music, hip hop. Yeah. Let's try it a little bit there. Yeah. Let's incrementally kind of do it. And they got slowly brainwash them. They either stay or they don't. Yeah. yeah. And then we had a lot of people cancel from, yep. them, you know, and that was the thing. And my, uh, what I learned the biggest from that is in Seneca, we tried to do classes. We had a kid's room. We tried to be the gym for everyone. You know, we, we threw a big blanket and that was a biggest learning curve of never do that. Because once we 
we, we changed locations and then another gym opened up and cut our prices and then Planet Fitness opened up and cut our prices and then everyone was like, well, they're cheaper, I'm just gonna go there. They're sure. cheaper, and I was like, you can't build loyalty on price. And I was like, okay, we're cutting out all the bullshit and we're just gonna be the best gym atmosphere out there. We're not gonna have classes, we're not gonna have kids room because so we tried to do all that and then we were just kind of like the regular gym. We weren't really good at anything, we were decent at everything. Yeah. And another gym like Planet Fitness will come through and $10 a month, they're kind of decent and all that too. So the people are like, well, I'll just go there for half the cost of you at the time. And uh, there's a big eye opening because I'm like, okay, we're going to have to pivot one way or the other and we're going to piss off a crowd. But if we want to be successful, we're going to have to do that. And there's going to be a time where it's going to be a little sketchy before we get the new crowd in and we piss off the, you know, the older crowd that we just have to kind of bank on it and you know roll with it so and it's like you go in any market and even like you know uh, a plan of fitness comes in and, and people cancel and go to that in every market i don't care where bumfuck nowhere ohio there's still 20 percent of that population that have money yeah. and people with money don't like to be associated with the places like they shop at west elm not walmart yeah right so just by price differential you instantly stand up like oh everyone in town's going to a ten dollar munch him I don't even know what they're doing over there, but if it's more expensive, I'm just gonna go there from a, st I'm a status thing, right? Yeah. Like I drive a fucking Denali as a status yeah. thing. I wear the Lululemon, that kind of thing. Just be more expensive in and of itself in a market in which everything else is basement priced, you'll win by default because there's always 20% higher earners at any fucking market than the most of it. Yeah. Did you? So did you find you attracted the young kids first or did you find you attracted, because young kids, like post, like, you know, post college young professional, yep. not always a ton. They don't always have a ton of money, disposable kind of thing. Yep. And if you're living in Seneca, they post college, maybe they didn't land, they didn't land the Charlotte, North Carolina job yet. Yeah, yeah. Did you find that was there a tug of war there in the the pricing model of that? Like, what is it like in all your markets? Because is your price how different is it in each market right it's, now? It's a pretty big jump. So Seneca, we're in there at like thirty, forty dollar price yep. point per yep. month. Um, Greenville's double that, yep. so we're in that like 70-ish, and then this we're, is triple that, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and this is this is the model I really wanna go moving forward. You know, like this is like the price point, the size, the everything that we're, you know, trying to replicate moving yeah. forward. But yeah, it was, you know, we a lot of our Seneca people is Clemson students. That was a big jump because Seneca is 15 minutes from Clemson. Doesn't seem like a lot, but our college kids, 15 minutes is- That's, a, that's light years away. Yeah, literally light, light years. years away. And Clemson has a free on-campus gym called mm -hmm. Fike. It's free for all of them. It's huge, it's massive. It has basketball courts, it has swim pools, has all that. There's a gold gym half a mile from there, or it's changed now, but it used to be a gold gym. And then you have us 15, 20 minutes down the road. So it was a, a hard curve to get over there, but then we're like, you know, I'm doing events there. We bought a big truck that like folds out. We're doing tailgating events. You know, we were like, all right, we can't beat the proximity of them, but we can be cooler than them. Sure. We can have cooler people. We can have like the influence. So I started hiring all call, like the cool college kids started hiring them at my gym. And I'm like, well, they're gonna work out here because it's free. Bring your friends over, you know, let's mm -hmm. like start bringing them. So then they're bringing the cool kids over and then, the, then, it, then it kind of like started trickling down, but it wasn't overnight that, you know, that, and that's still a process because with college you get, three years of them. Yeah, correct, and then they're gone. And then they're gone. You, you can know? find the new fucking, who's the new cool kid? Yeah, exactly, so it's like, you know, freshmen all kind of do fike, that's like the freshman gym, and then it gets busy. So we get sophomore, junior, seniors. And then 
if we're lucky, they'll stay around and do a super senior year or something like that, you know, or they'll go to Greenville, we'll get them in Greenville, or they'll go to Charlotte. So we can, we can play that lifetime membership with them if they move to these markets, which a lot of them do. Yeah. You know, Charlotte's a big demographic for Clemson post-grad. But in the, in our Seneca gym, you know, we got three, four years and then done. So it's a constant, like, all right, who's the cool kid? It's a farm league. It is. It's a farm league. And it's just like, okay. So it's a weird model because, you know, summers are hit or miss because, you know, are the kids this year going to stay in Seneca or Clemson or are they going to go back home? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, for Christmas break, gone, gone, down. Yep. hundred percent gone. Yep. Uh, so it's a different demographic of how we play with, you know, our memberships and our, and, and the kids there. Yeah. So. And every market's got that cyclical, even Charlotte, like, I don't know how, like, I remember my first year here owning a gym. It was like, and I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, right? So I come down here, I'm staying here for Christmas. Why? Cause there's no cold white shit. Why would I go back to Cleveland then? <laughs> November, December, January, fucking ghost town in Charlotte for the most part. But then it's always St. Paddy's Day. It's that fucking Rich and Bennett's bar crawl. That's the first weekend where people generally tank top and shorts back on. And everyone's like, oh, fuck me. I'm going to be at Lake Norman here in 60 days. And that was like always I saw the New Year's res like where everyone has a New Year's resolution up in the Northeast. Yep. Well, yeah, because you've been inside since October, <laughs> right? But here, like in the South, this huge pop I always saw in March. Yep. And then you're like, oh, that's my market. That's like the, you know, it takes a couple of years, but you start learning those cyclical natures. But you write it down, you remember it, and then you can plan for it when the drop-off's going to happen in Seneca, when the kids go, you know, go back home for the summer, things like that. Exactly. How many years run in Seneca before you green light Greenville? So Seneca was, so Greenville was uh, 2018. So I guess we'll say three years, okay. three solid years. Um, so we, I started when I took over uh, or started in it, we were in a smaller location. And then, you know, the first two years, essentially, as like I said, it was a startup. We were going for like 50%. It was like massive growth. I put turf in there, you know, I'm switching up shit. Like let's change up the entire gym demographic. Let's do a little bit of art, nothing crazy, but just, you know, let's just paint stuff. And then, and then we're like, all right, we outgrow this. And then a space became available, which actually is funny. It's the gold gym that pissed off my dad that closed down. And my dad were like, let's buy that place. You know, and it's kind of funny, almost just like the final fuck you. Yeah, the final fuck you. So then we, with that, and it was like a shell of a building um and then so we we did that i think 2015 uh, is when we got into there okay. um and then that was like okay. you guys owned that building in Seneca. Yep, owned yep. that one yep and then so when we when we opened up that one it was all right let's really focus on the art let's kind of really kind of change up how it looks and it feels and once that started going well i was like all right i have an idea to kind of make it really crazy you know like i said where the music is exactly how i want it where you know we still had the base membership of like the old people so i'm still like in the morning time still turning the music down a little bit especially when my mom's there and stuff so i'm still like playing with it and i still have a little bit of a tug of war and i was like greenville is going to be like my baby where it's like where you have to be 18 and up to step foot in the gym yeah i don't want to have any high school kids if you're 17 sorry next year come see us you know it's going to be loud music so either cool with it get noise headphones noise canceling headphones or we're not the gym for you and i was like we're going to play that market and we're going to we're going to triple the cost or double the cost and we're going to be a premier gym a destination gym and it's going to be cool and i was like greenville makes sense it's 45 minutes away it's like a it's like a test market you know it's not a crazy city where I get lost, but it's a big enough city where they, you know, they have things going on there. It's way, you know, way bigger than Clemson, uh, Seneca area. And it feels like a city, you know? So I was like, all right, if I can make something successful 
pretty much me. You know, my yeah. family's still involved, but like, yeah, I want to be there, get my hands dirty every day. I want to build it up my, myself and I want to see if this concept works. And, you know, it was a little scary at first, you know, like, you know, like we're, we were the highest priced gym at the point, you know, CrossFit's and all the class-based gyms are still double the cost, but gym wise, we were, you know, double the price of any just strictly gym out there. So, you know, people were like $75 a month. What? Like that's sure. That's unheard of, especially, yeah. you know, five years ago in, in a place that like, you know, most gyms are $40 a month. So, uh, yeah, so that was like, all right, let's see if this concept can work. There, it's interesting. You brought up the open gym model at the time when that was on a decline, yeah. right? You go back to like Venice Beach, Arnold, that was the blow up of the gold gym. People were not in gyms doing bicep curls and back squatting and calf raises until that happened. Yep. And then we had this huge open gym rush and then 2000, you know, CrossFit Help kicked it off, Orange Theory. And then we've, we've had the, we've been riding that boutique, you know, group fitness way forever. Yep. I mean, you Google group fitness in Charlotte, boom. Yep. You look at the open gym models in Charlotte, Gold's Gym and Uptown closed. Sports Connection, all three locations within three miles here have been closed. It's you guys, Fitness Factory, the Dowd YMC and all the YMCA subsidiaries. It's in fucking shitty ass high fitness. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's, it's like people forgot about that model. Why do you think, now obviously you saw it early, but I look at what Gymshark's done, I look at what Alpha Land's done, I look, that open gym model is coming back strong. You believed in it early, have you, have you seen that in like, I mean, have you seen like the demise of the group fitness thing come down and be like, oh fuck, that shit, I remember they were fucking at that CrossFit gym forever and now they're here. Have you noticed that transition? Yeah, so big time, especially with the female population. Yes. So that's been a huge thing. Instagram's blown up like, get that booty, yeah, you yeah. know? And I love fitness in general. So it's like, if a group class is gonna get you in fitness, more power to you, do it. You know, if CrossFit's your shit, if I was going to SWAT, I would be CrossFit, you know, like yeah. if I was that, you know, army, whatever, I'd do CrossFit. And I've tried them all and, you know, the, to each his own. But there's a, I think there's a point where it's like, some of those are like beginner gyms or like, you're just trying to get into fitness or get sure. back into it. You're like, I need just to walk into a door. No, I'm going to sweat. No, I'm going to get a decent workout. But then there comes a point where like, I really want a bigger booty or I really want like shoulders. And I'm getting a body of what that group class is, is defined as that. And you know, a lot of times it's a generic box looking body, especially with CrossFit, you get big obliques or whatever. And then, you know, I think Instagram became a big thing of like, you're seeing like, it said, like it said, it's the booty builder. And they're like, well, I want that. How do I get that? You come to a gym, you start figuring out how do you work out yourself. And so that was a big thing of like girls not wanting to look bulky to girls seeing that you can not look bulky by actually hitting the weights. And so in the past, I would say almost COVID, she kind of shot that back into the game of like getting into a gym and doing it and um, kind of getting back into like a true open gym market. But it's expensive to open a gym like this. You have to have a ton of square footage. The overhead's crazy, you know, for, I think the boutique model has blown up because, you know, a couple guys can get 50, 100 grand. 2,000 square feet. Yep. yep. And, and you can open it up in six months without a ton of equipment, a couple good trainers, you and your boys, and now you you're- You control where the humans are. You know where they're gonna be in that group class. Here, to figure out the operational capacity of an open gym model, you don't know where the fuck people are traveling. And what, when you try to think about how many people you fit in here versus a, an Orange Theory class, I know exactly how many fucking people are gonna be there per hour, per class. You, you said something there, I thought, the, I think COVID was a huge element that pushed the open gym. The thing I always think about though, why didn't people go into a gold gym previously, like women mainly especially, and bicep curl and squat? 
they didn't know. Why didn't a lot of guys go into those gyms? They felt intimidated. Every other dude who knew, bigger, it's an intimidating faction. Group fitness happened, and the one thing group fitness offered, I'm a coach, I'm gonna tell you how to do this. Yeah. Well, group fitness runs for 10 to 15 years. It's kind of like beer. Remember when there was just Bud Light in college and Natty Light? And now you pay $8 for a fucking I hazy IPA <laughs> yeah. with extra you know, Peruvian hops. Yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. like, oh, that's what happens when someone does enough of something, you can get snobby about it. You drink enough coffee, you can get particular about it. Yep. You do group fitness for 10 years, you are an educated fucking consumer. You probably know how to swing, kettlebell, deadlift, press, pull, hinge, single leg lunge, whatever. It's something you're like, oh, I don't, I don't need your recipe and your coaching anymore. I do want that ass. Yeah. I'd rather do that. I don't want to do your 150 wall balls and run 600 meters. I want to go squat five by three in the in the squat rack. Yeah. And then they leave. And it's like almost like that group fitness model educates them out of the class to where like, I came here when I needed the education, the motivation, all that. I look good. I'm motivated because I don't want to lose this shit. Yeah. But now I just want to do my own fucking thing. And COVID released a gazillion online programmers. Yeah. A gazillion programs you can follow. Marcus Philly, this, that, the other thing. It, it don't matter. You can just come in here and do your own fucking thing. After how many years from Greenville to CLT? So it was four years. Well, before we opened CLT or before like we started yeah, so that? They, yeah, just think about like, okay, so it, how many years did you establish Greenville before you're like, all right, now let's legit start looking at Charlotte. So we legit started looking pre-COVID. Pre like, yeah, yeah. Like right at like probably early 2020, right? Okay. When like COVID was like, you know, kind of heard about it. Yeah. I started looking at the market and I was like, okay, cool. That was our two and a half, three years about Greenville. Yep. We started making good money. I'm like, okay, we're seeing this. I want to be in a, a bigger market. And then COVID happened and we're like, all right, what the fuck? We, and now I got to focus on my gyms to make sure that they can just stay open. You know, like it's, it's, it's emergency mode, like not expansion mode. It's like, I need to keep my shit together at yeah, this yeah, point. Yeah. Like, you know, we're doing underground. <laughs> it was a speakeasy gym. Yeah, I literally yeah, yeah, had an yeah. elevator yep. and I was, you know, people, I had a, a text number, you're texting me and coming down and, yep. you know, I had cops doing that shit. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. don't bust me and I'll let you come work out. Yeah. So, you know, it's three years, <laughs> two and a half, three years. And then that happened and that put a delay about a year and a half on like, okay, what the fuck are we doing? Char you know, Charlotte was closed way more or longer than South Carolina was, you know, by six months um, or probably a year. And then probably I'd say, so it, that delayed it a year. And then after that, 20, what, 22 or 20, you know, early tw or late 21 started like, all right, let's start revisiting. So it started opening, let's really kind of get in it. 2022 came around and that's when I was like talking to a bunch of real estate people yeah. finding you know the best spots really you know staying up here on the weekends figuring out where people go checking out the gyms really doing my market research and then you know that was you know negotiations started happening end of 2022 um and then found you know found this and then you know a year build out and all that so so let's talk about that build out so how long did your real estate from the day you probably signed with your broker to the day you signed a lease? How long did the search take? So we actually, we videoed some of this too. I mean, he, he was there with me and is, so it was probably, so it was probably six months before I found this building, signed the LOI. And then there's probably six months of negotiation yeah. to get this going. 
that was, I thought once I signed that OI, I was like, oh, in a month we can start this We're shit. Good. We're good. <laughs> I learned a lot on that. You know, you know, it's a capital group that owns it. They're in DC. I'm talking, I'm speaking to a, you know, a talking head that he has to get shit approved. So every change I did was a two week process. I'm like, all right, let's change this in the, one in the email, contract. two weeks. Yep. And then they're doing it. And I'm like, yo, where the fuck are you guys at? Where are they at? And then one change. And then I'm talking to my lawyer. He's like, all right, you need to change this. And I'm like, anything else we need to change? And then, you know, so Learned a lot, you know. The red I, lines it, never end. Yeah, it, so that, and it was back and forth. And then literally it became to a point where we're like, are we gonna fucking do this? And then I was like, look, I, it, all hands on deck meeting, get everyone that is the decision makers. We're making a deal today. We gotta fucking figure this out because if not, this is a waste of time. And, and you know, cause they were being very stubborn on some shit, you know, and at the time and, and still now, the landlords have a lot of control. You know, like I said, people wanna get in buildings. So they're like, nah, we'll wait. Yeah. And, you know, and I had that, I had an LOI signed, which I'm glad, you know, things worked out and we were, you know, about to sign the lease and the guy's wife was like, I don't want a gym here and pulled out the last minute being like, uh, sorry, we don't, we don't want a gym here. We want to do something cooler. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I showed you the concept. It's going to be cool. We're going to drive traffic. And, uh, yeah, last minute, just like, nah, we'll wait. That place is still empty, by the way. <laughs> well, where, where was that? Uh, it's uh, West Bland, 201 West Bland. So it's right beside the McLaren dealership. Or yeah, that yeah, little, yeah, yeah. The little McLaren spot. Yep, yep. It's literally right, right to the side of it. And they redid it as a long kind of warehouse. Yeah, yeah, I know it. Not, yeah, not, not, not a lot. Style. No parking. No parking. No parking. So, you know, they had a little bit on the side. Yeah. But um, this worked out way better. Way better. You know, way better. I liked that at the time. I thought that was a, like a, a better area. I was like, you know, that's sure. more in South End. Yeah, more in the main drag. You know, I was like, this is kind of all thin cut. Yeah, to me, this is where you go when you run out of crack. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know, section, you know, five houses yeah. or whatever yeah. is right across the street. I was like, I don't know about this. Um, but you blink and what's there now? Exactly. So, you know, props to my real estate guy. He really was like, bro, he was like, trust me on this. This is what's happening. Show yep. me kind of like, in, in six months, they're gonna start this. In two years, this is what's gonna happen. They're gonna be pushing this out. Five years is what's gonna be happening. You're gonna be in the prime location in five to six yep. years. This is gonna be the spot. So I had to, had to trust him. You know, that was a leap yeah. of faith. You know, I showed my, the first time my dad came here, he's like, I think I'm lost. We're in, I'm in the, <laughs> he was like, he was like, what did you sign? He literally, he was like, he was, he was pissed. He was like, yeah. you're not in the right spot. And I'm like, I was like, you got to trust me on this, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so seeing that was, was unique, but, uh, but yeah, so back to your question, it was probably about, you know, overall from start to finish, it was, I guess, four and a half years from when I st opened Greenville to when we opened Charlotte, Okay, say five years, I think right at it. So now when you were doing this, you, you didn't live here. Nope. You were taking field trips, coming on up here. Yep. So what does that look like? So, you know, you go into a market, you're like, okay. And it's like, I'm going to go there for the weekend. I'm going to try not to just be drunk and go party on the, like, I'm going to actually try to like get into other gyms and talk to people. I mean, you had to probably, you probably knew some people here you could talk to, but like talk to me about what that R and D looked like when you were here. Yeah. So I, I didn't know a ton of people, but luckily Greenville and Charlotte, people come to Charlotte when they want to go to a bigger city. It's mm -hmm. an easy drive. It's nothing crazy. So I, you know, had a little bit of connections and started just talking to people and like, Hey, go to a gym. You know, I knew a couple people in the gym and I'm like, Hey, why do you, why do you work out here? Sure. And people would be like, I don't know. Cause it's, the only thing here or the closest thing here. And then I'm like, you're at the Dow, you're at the Y. I've never been to a city where the Y is the most popular gym. And I'm like, what? And then, you know, it's a nicer Y, I get that, sure. but it's still a Y at the end of the day. Like, yeah. you know. Overcrowded. Yeah, so, and then I literally,
literally just started kind of like going through Instagram of like, where's the attractive people working out? You know, anything that has like fitness hashtag, anything that has Charlotte hashtag. And I was just doing hours of like, almost like, you know, creeping of like, you know, where are these people working out? What are they doing? What are they doing? Did you walk and, in the fitness factory? Yep, I did. I worked out at fitness factory. And, and when you were there, you like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, and it was like that where I'm like, what? what's going on? Like, you know, what? what's how, how is this, you know, a part in like, Charlotte, the yeah, I know. largest, biggest privately owned open gym model in Charlotte is Eileen's Fitness Factory. That just shows you how the supply and demand has been in her favor. And I, listen, I love Eileen. She's cool as fuck. I one of the first gyms I joined when I moved here in 09. Yeah, but it's fucking over. Like you cannot have your dog taking a shit on the fucking turf anymore, right? I just I love dogs. When I heard that fucking dog died on Instagram, I was like, fucking like this dog would <laughs> drop, dude. I would, this dog would take the biggest shits in the middle of that turf. It would serious? be it would be there ten fucking minutes before anyone ever acknowledged the goddamn. I swear to Christ, and I I love everyone in the Charlotte fitness community. You you get away with not having to step up your game when there's no competition, and that was one of the things when you heard you were coming. Like, hey, at the least, people are gonna have to fucking stand up straight and realize they can't get away with being the only fucking game in town. Competition breeds innovation. Absolutely. And, you know, I I love it. Like, you know, I that's why I wanted to come here. Is like, you know, there's not crazy competition, but it's more, it's in a big city. I know there's gonna be another gym that comes in the next year or two that tries to take this model sure. and do it, you know? And it's funny you said it because I guess Fitness Factory uh, expanded. They you just know? opened the next yeah, door, yeah. That's what it's not like, all right, you know, obviously. Nothing yeah. new or different, just <laughs> grab some equipment from the first building, moved it over to the second building. It just, it, it blows my mind. But um, yeah, I. with all that being said, let, let's break down some numbers because uh, a lot of people are trying to do new real estate shit. How many square feet we got? Uh, 11,071. 11,071. How much is f- training for the floor? Like gym training on the floor? Gym training on the floor is about uh, 9,500 square feet. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's there's not a lot of like wasted space, to be honest with you. I mean, we have this, yeah. the front area, and then small locker rooms. So, Is this a nod to Alpha Land? Where, where did you get the, the, the inspiration for this? So I have one, something like this in Greenville. So it just okay. goes down the stairs. Yeah, with the, the shoes hanging. Yep, the shoes yeah. hanging. And we have these on the side yeah, going yeah, down yeah, the stairs. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm into cars. You know, I love exotic cars. And I saw this actually, this is meant for cars. So you pull cars in. It's like a detail thing. I was like, damn, that kind of looks badass. And I was like, I love creating an entrance. You yeah. know, like, like you're, you know, the first impression's the lasting yeah. one. And I believe in that. And I like, I want people to walk in and be like, what the fuck? Like, why? why you know like why, why? but it's cool i don't yeah. know why and i get i got that a lot of the inspiration from going to nightclubs really cool nightclubs in like vegas you walk in and you're kind of going through a maze that like tells you a story about what you're about to open up and then you open up and you're like holy shit like the first time you go to like a, a sick club in yeah, like yeah. miami or something if they do it right it tells you a story going through the entrance and it's mirrors and it's this and this and you're excited almost almost like a theme park ride you're like what's about to happen yeah, you yeah. open it up and you're like oh shit this yeah. is cool i wanted that experience where you walk in and i was like how can we do that you know i did it with the basement like all right you kind of go down the basement jungle with the, with the lights it kind of is like vibe you don't know what yep. it is and then you walk into this and i was like all right how can we do it with this and uh Kind of came across these, yeah. and you know, I I've never been to Alpha Land. I've seen kind of it, but this was sure. nothing. It is definitely different. It's just it, it's similar, and it, Alpha Land's probably the only other thing. Again, it's on a, such a it's on a thirty thousand square foot scale, yeah, but it's yeah. like when it, the desire to bring aesthetics to the forefront, yeah. right? Like that's the effort I see the private open gym models doing, right? And, and some of the lifetimes and the crunches, they, they're trying to go that route. They're just too big to make it happen, and they appeal to too many people. Yep. 
you're just you're able to appeal to a very specific person when you go hard on the aesthetics, yeah. right? Because it just leans one way. It's like cool to this kind of demographic, or it, you know, if you had pictures of Barry Manilow and shit, my mom would fucking work out here, right? You just got it like you yeah. pick your you pick and, your and, angle, and, and it's hard because you're like, how much money are we spending? You know, like my, my dad, my dad's like a hard numbers guy. Like my sure, dad, yeah. he's a pilot. He structures yep. shit. You know, I give my dad the parent price on things. You know, and then like this is what it really costs, and I'll tell yeah, him about fifty yeah. percent less. Yeah, but you know, I'm telling him this, and he's like, why the fuck you spend that much money on Marvel? Like, what are you what are you doing? You know, he he's become now a little bit you know, more lenient after he sees the finished sure. product. But it's hard because like this doesn't bring in a revenue off the front. It's like zero. Yeah, like you see there, like what? Yeah. Like you know why? Like it's not gym equipment. People are walking on it. Yep. So it's it's hard at first because you're like, okay, is it better be worth it? You have to like if we're putting this into it, it has to be somewhere worth. They're taking pictures. That's why I put a big ass mirror. I was like, I want a place where when you walk in, it's almost impossible not to take a photo. Yeah. Where it's like, all right. Yeah. I gotta take, I know everyone's doing, it. I gotta take yeah. that photo, you know? And so that was like, you know, it's like, all right, what's that price point look like? How much are we gonna spend on it? Because it's not essentially generating revenue from like what you think in a standard yeah. gym, you it's know? Creating, so. uh, it's consumer generating content. It's just, it's, it's creating marketing. It's, it again, it's a purple cow. It's the thing yep. that if you haven't seen it before, it makes them stop and think, yep. this is unique. I want to be unique. I will be here. It's like when Lululemon popped because nobody was paying 165 for a pair of fucking black leggings. <laughs> that was unheard of. No one did it. And then every bitch kept that fucking tote because it just showed off. Like I can afford leggings yeah, yeah, and yeah. I shop at Lululemon. It became a status symbol. Yeah, it became a status symbol. And I mean, you see that, you know, I, I tell people like, uh, someone's like, how many, sto like, someone be like, how many stories should my gym have? I'm like, as many, if not more than Core 24 has on theirs that they reshare. Yeah. Like that's just, that's just, that's every day that is like the equivalent of the five stars on a Google review. How many fucking little hashes do you have of resharing someone else's shit? Yeah. And if no one is going in and out of your gym and taking a photo or taking a selfie or doing whatever, they could love it. But if they're not showing it off, it's just cause there's nothing to show, Yeah. you know? And this is a fucking spectacle. Where'd you get the fucking Arnold? <laughs> Where did that Arnold come from? They came from overseas. So that was like, that was when I still haven't even told my parents the price on that and the, the one up front. It was, uh, it was kind of one of those things where I was going down a rabbit hole of shit and I'm like, all right, we're going to have this entrance. Like, what do I want people to like take pictures in front of? Like, I, I want yeah. something iconic. Like, what can just be really cool? But like, that will be a staple that we don't have to keep changing. Because I change up the art like every year. The art changes. That's why I don't have tattoos because I would keep changing it up and I would just be fully tatted. And I'm like, all right, what's just like a proper like, nod to, to working out and yeah, to like yeah, yeah. my dad's generation, but still relevant yep. to kids this day. And I was like, oh, Arnold, like, all right, what can I do with Arnold? Like, yeah. what, what, let's do it. And I started doing research and just like came across a company that does sculptures and I'm, I'm like sending them stuff. And the, you know, originally it's this company that does like um, outside, they do like uh, the copper, like steel stuff. Okay. And I was like, can we make it gold? Can we make it shiny? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we make it look like a trophy? Yeah, yeah, yeah I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I want it to look shiny as shit. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's it's the similar one to the one in front of uh, the Arnold Classic out, okay. you know, Ohio. Right, Columbus, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and uh, you know, I saw that and I was like, all right, let's let's do that. So that was kind of just off on a whim, and it came in two days before we opened. I ordered it like eight months before, bro. It was like it was like one of the first things I bought. Yeah, you know, just doing research, and it just took forever. I had to go through customs. You were waiting to open that crate, and his fucking head snapped I off. Literally, or I, bro, shipping. I was like, I was like. Be broken. two days before and I'm like, bro, I really want this to be opening. <laughs> I know people are going to take photos and I'm like, please let it be open. And then, you know, it comes in a crate and I'm like, I was so scared to yeah, open yeah, it. Yeah. It was 
five boxes and luckily nothing was broke on it because I, I was thinking <laughs> yes. that I was like I was like the arm's gonna be broke absolutely you know some but, uh, fucking forklift <laughs> dropped it on a shipping container yep yep all right so uh what did you get what was your base lease rate and then what did they hit you with triple net so um we got twenty six dollars a square foot and then everything with triple net is right at thirty four with okay. uh you know the shared space you know all the common stuff so everything that we're paying is right at 34. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you were able to negotiate uh, some free rent in there. Yeah. What'd yeah. You get? So we got uh, a year and a half of free rent. A year and a half. Um, technically a little bit longer because we got a, they were building this out when I signed it. So I kind of like started our build out when they were finishing our, their build out. So I was able to kind of like. You had lease commencement the day you signed the lease and then rent commencement wasn't yep. until you yeah. got your certificate Which of occupancy. I almost fucked myself in that because my, my uh, attorney was like, don't do that. Wait till they're done because if that stretches Correct. out. Yeah. And I was like, no, I want to get in there early. So I almost screwed myself on that. I learned a little bit from that, but I got, I was able to get a little, like couple extra months out of there. But uh, yeah, so we was able to get that. Got some good TI money. We got half a million TI. Um, was that like 60 a square foot? Yeah, right at that. Or, yep, yep. So we we're able to get okay. that, which that went really quickly. You know, yeah. that money went, <laughs> went faster than I yeah. thought. I, you know, I was like, all right, we probably can get away with, you know, having this and this, but, you know, cost on steel's up, cost on labor's up since COVID, you know, HVAC, everything, you know, and this was a cold, dark shell. So we're doing mechanical, plumbing, electrical, everything. Yeah. Everyone that doesn't know, like, you get it, this is a first generation space. This was a shit warehouse. Big money came in, developers redid the whole thing. They leave it wide open because they don't know who the first tenant is, right? They're not gonna do anything on spec. They're gonna wait for you to come in and you look at you're like, okay, cool. So how are you gonna be delivering it to me? You're like, this is how I'm gonna be delivering it to you. We'll give you a bunch of money, but essentially it's just to put the shit that we would need to put in here anyway. The HVAC, the plumbing, the electrical panel, all that. Yeah. Bring it up ADA at all the fucking things. And everyone is gonna hear half a million, like, oh, that would cover most of that equipment. It, it covers just the capital improvements to this building for the most part. There might have been some left over, no. probably not a lot, no. if anything. No, there yeah. was no, nothing at all. We we you know, out of pocket for you know a quarter million plus on that, you know. So the, yeah, so that's what I want to hit now. So okay, they give you half a million in TI there, yep. and then what did you else? What did you have to cover in addition on the construction? So uh, two things. So I actually had a construction agent. So it's kind of weird. So when we were doing this, I was actually filming a TV show in Colorado. So I'm on the call in the morning trying to negotiate prices trying to, and I'm like sending people here you know sending MJ my photographer here, be like yo talk to this guy like check out the space you know make sure like shit's happening so all the Bravo shows going on you're dealing with all that and and I can't really talk during the day because we're filming so I'm like early morning and we're two hours is in Colorado so two yeah, hours yeah. back so I'm you know it's like 7 a.m. over there and I'm making calls hungover shit trying to like you know we're in the mountains, so I have no service. I'm trying to get Wi-Fi on my computer. It, it was a fucking spectacle, to be honest with you. So we signed with this company called Clancy and Days. I, I kind of got like pushed into it. My, um, we have a, with the group that we, um, that owns this, in, in the lease, they're like, we're putting a, um, a construction management company in. They're going to pay for it, but it's kind of like a big brother to make sure we're doing shit right. Yeah, yeah. I learned that after the fact that they're yeah. on their side and not really helping me no, out. Yeah, yeah. But so they were like, you know, I'm new to there. So I'm, I'm taking their kind of advice on like, all right, all right, do this company. They'll, they'll, they'll get it done the fastest, blah, blah, blah. So I, I checked out like three companies, ended up getting this. It was 1.1 or 1.2 million. I thought that was high for what we wanted. I was like, that seems high, but they can get it done the fastest. So if they can get it done six months faster than the other, you know, 30,000 a month of world sure. paying rent, you know, times six, all right, we can, we can make that work. So I signed with them originally. So about a month 
and to kind of work with them, before they really started doing shit, the, the owner and I were button heads on some shit. And he drew a line in the sand on something that I was, essentially he didn't think that I would say fuck you. So really, I didn't realize how Clancy and Thay's, they're building across the street. I had to deal with all their employees. They're literally two doors down from us. That's their like yeah, main yeah. place. With all their employees, we're gonna work out here on a, on a discounted rate, they were gonna pay us that. And he drew the line in the sand and I was like, I, I don't wanna work with someone who's doing this and fuck you. And my guy was like, you're gonna lose two months trying to get a new GC, trying to build it out. And it was a tough decision. It was, it was the toughest decision I made again. Cause I'm like, okay, one, if I, if I say fuck you and I can't find anyone cheaper, I'm losing two months and I gotta do all this shit over. Like this, is, this could be a, a big fucking mistake. Was it mistake. worth it? Yes. Okay. Got someone that was 700,000. There you go. So, which I was expecting the, the true cost to be. Sure. I, I, I was hoping for a half a million. I was hoping that TI could cover the build out. I was like, that would be fucking awesome. No out of pocket, a little bit of, if anything. Um, actually it wasn't even seven, it was like 675. Um, so found a company that was a little bit smaller company, but they, it's, it, it's not a crazy build out. You know, electrical is probably the hardest. Yep. We're not doing, you know, a lot of walls. It's not a lot of cubicle you shit. Didn't, you didn't put showers and nothing basic, yeah, yeah. nothing so advanced. So I was like, you know, I want to do kind of basic. And then the interior design is kind of right, you know, stand out. Um, so found it. They got it done on time. Clancy and Thais is going across the street. They're eight months behind on this project. My, the people that colony is who the people that you were my like oversight. They're pissed. Their shits in, are my back. I, I've seen it back there. Yeah. So I'm, you know, trying to get extra rent because of that. So yeah. I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm working another deal because yep. that, and they're eight months behind. It's causing a headache with everything. So they would have been, we probably wouldn't even be open right now. Honestly, I've been, you know, half a million out of pocket higher plus a couple months behind. So the biggest risk, but it paid off, you know, it paid off so much. And the guys were smaller, you know, smaller group of people, some good old boys, but you know, I'm hands-on. So when we started the build out, I was back from filming. I was hands-on. I was here every day. I, 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 I watched all the videos, man. Yeah, I yeah, watched yeah. it. So, and you know, a lot of times they're like, you know, when we were figuring out what they were going to do and I'm like, owner, owner doing, and he's like, what do you mean? You're going to paint the ceilings? I'm like, yeah, I got a scissor left. I'm going to paint it. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, take that off. It's $50,000 to paint the ceiling. Mm -hmm. Take that off. Another 30, 40,000 paint the walls. Take that off. I got it, bro. So I'm, you know, I'm cutting shit. I'm lean as fuck. I can't do plumbing. I'm not certified. I'm not certified at electrical. Yeah, yeah. I can play. I know enough to be dangerous where I can play around with it, but the big things, you know, obviously anything else, I got it. You know, me and my dad. I was going to say, I saw this, when I saw all the stuff with your dad, I'm like, A, that's either just like, it's because you want to have that emotional relationship with the business. I was in there. I did the thing. I built the thing, whatever with him and his pops, or it's just a crazy, it's just like, it's just economics. It is it's just one yeah. of the two. Like, no one enjoys being, you were in here in July. You were in here in the heat of the fucking summer. Before any HVAC, before anything, like sweating. Like I almost, like me and my dad almost had um, a heat stroke because we were laying flooring down and we had one, two fans because like we were trying to like run wires out to try to get some type of power yeah. in here. And like, it was bad. Like, I mean, it, the, the videos don't show like what we were like, almost like passing out at points where it was like, it was hot, like hot, hot. But uh a lot of his economics, lots like me and my dad get a bond, you know, you, get, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like it's, it's, it's dad, father stuff, you know, yep. you get to look back and be like, yeah, we built this with our hands. And again, it's, I have that chip on my shoulder. Where I'm like, I'm going to prove to everyone, to myself, 
I, I built this shit, you know? Like there's no like, you know, like I said, I'm on TV, so I get that, I get half of my life that's like, you, you don't have to do shit, you're, you're a party fuck boy. And I'm like, nah, guys, like I'll outwork you. Like I, I have that like mentality, it's like, I don't have a wife and kids, so I have an advantage over a lot of business owners that have to spend time with their family that ha- I don't. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I can work 20 hours a day here and sleep here and do it the next day and do it the next day and the next and the next and the next. You can't do that, you know? You can do it a little bit, but the wife's gonna be calling you in a minute. You, you gotta spend birthday with your daughter, mm-hmm. I don't. I'm good, so that's my advantage. I might not have as much money as you, but I can outwork you in a lot of sense. You know, some of it, me and my dad were like, the next gym, we're not gonna do this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a couple of these like flooring, nah, we don't wanna do flooring yeah, anymore. Yeah. But you know, some of it like painting the walls, I have paint sprayers, that's, that's not that, it's two days of work for me to save $50,000, yes, yep. done. Or I'll hire some people myself, like you know, we had a couple guys that you know, were friends of friends that it's not hard, you know, yeah. it's like. You it, could go down to Home Depot, Grab six Mexican guys, pay them a thousand dollars on the day, yes. and they fucking. I mean, that's how I did my entire. That's we did most of the build out my gym. Yep. Literally going to Home Depot, giving them Subway during the day, in the middle of the day, and fucking throwing a thousand bucks at them. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so it's like trying to stay as lean as possible. Even if we have that money, it's like okay, that fifty thousand can pay for this. Yeah, you know, can pay yeah. for Arnold. You know, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, right. like, it's yeah. like the fun thing. So it's like I try to nickel and dime and save as much on big things so that I have like that. Right? The stuff that no one's going to notice. No one's ever walking in there like, God, it's a dope paint job on the ceiling. Exactly. No one's ever you know, said that shit. It, literally never. But then you see the arm. Like, yeah. You're like, fuck yeah. yeah. So yep. it's like, I do that. And then, you know, where I'm telling where we're sitting down looking at P and L's with my parents. I'm like, all right, I'm spending this money because, you know, I saved hundred K here. So I'm just putting it into something else. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. is going to be more fun and, you know, have an experience aspect to it. So how much in equipment? So equipment, um, you know, went, it's funny, went to a completely different um, manufacturer. I have a good relationship with Precore and Life Fitness. Well, I did have one with Life Fitness and Hammer Strength. Um, they kind of, bad relationship after COVID, they were just not working with me and playing ball and prices went skyrocket. And I'm like, dude, I bought from you four years ago and you're trying to fuck me? Like, come on, like work yeah, yeah. with me. You know, I've built, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars from you and now you're trying to do this. So which is a blessing in disguise. It, it made me look at Arsenal, it made me look at Atlantis, and I was like, went to the manufacturers, I worked out, yeah, I know the VP, and I was like, damn, this is actually good equipment, I like this. Arsenal's incredible. A lot of gyms don't have this. Yeah. All right, this gives me a little bit of, you know, a, 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 a cool aspect that I wouldn't have had. At my other gym, we have a lot of hammer strength. I'm gonna start putting Arsenal in there. Um, back to your point, about a half a million in equipment. Okay. Um, you know, I, I bought a lot of stuff probably two years ago, you know, like the dumbbells, you know, I, I saw like Ilico was doing um, a Black Friday deal like two years ago and I got a crazy good deal. So I was like, fuck it, buy them all. They were sitting in my parents' house for a year and a half just because, you know, as I didn't have a place for them. But so if I, you know, I'm, I'm sure. always looking at equipment and if I happen to find something, I'm like, all right, we'll put it in storage. I'll need it eventually. Yeah, I was like, well, I know we're building this out. Yeah. So let's, let's do it here. Um, but yeah, probably overall right around that half a million mark. So half a million on equipment. You got, you got the build out for 700. Yep. And then you, and then they gave you close to 500 in TI on that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, it's still, it, it, it's, everyone thinks, everyone underestimates the build out. Everyone underestimates the equipment, the flooring, the fucking everything. And it just, you can't, no, you can do things on the cheap. Yeah. It's just going to look like you did things on the cheap. Yep. And nobody walks in here and thinks, oh, this was cheap. Yeah. Yeah. This, and, this didn't cost anything. And that's what I had to learn is like, me and my dad have put flooring down before. 
I'm not putting this down. You know what I'm saying? Because I've done it and and like in, in, in my condo in Greenville, me and my dad put some like marble flooring down. It looks good for my room. You know, I had to put some a couch in one spot, you know, it was messed <laughs> up. And, but I was like, we're paying to get this done. Yeah, the yeah. ceiling, we can paint. You're not yep. gonna see this. But the stuff that people are gonna see and notice is like, all right, we're gonna pay, make sure that looks good where you walk in, you're like, all right, they, they spent money on this. hundred yeah. percent. So let's talk the great, so okay, you get open and then it's like, okay, our burn rate, we're running through cash. Yep. And how did you guys finance this? So self-funded and then bank loans. Got um, it. Yep. So that was, you know, we have a good relationship with our bank. We've been with them over 10 years. They've seen our track record with our other gyms. South State, who use? Uh, South State, Community First. Yep. Those are two. Um, Community First, a little bit smaller. Yeah. Yeah. We've been around with them for a while, but, you know, they'll give us a More relationship based. Yep. South State's a little bit bigger. Yep. They gave us the majority of the funding. Um, but like I said, they've, we've, you know, we have 10 years of both gyms doing well, especially Greenville really kind of like taking it off. So we're able to get, you know, money from them. Uh, and then, yep, self-funded for the rest. I so, love it. Yeah. All right. So let's talk pre-sell. So I'm always interested in people's strategies on pre-sell. You ran with the tiered model. Hey, X amount. Boom, when we sell it out, we're selling out. Then you go to the next, and each tier gets a little bit more expensive. Is that a strategy you've ran in pre in Greenville? Like, where did you, talk to me about the strategy for the pre-sale. Yep, so completely new strategy. Um, I kind of got it from, you know, I, I like to party. I like to go to music festivals. The music festivals do like an early bird special. Sure. So it's like six months before the festival is even thought about, you can get it for $100, you know, and there's only like X amount. And then when I want to go to the festival, it's $500. I'm like, shit, man, that early bird special. If I would have known, yeah. I should have got that. And you have like three or four different tiers. So I kind of got it from that. And at the Greenville one, that was my first like true like opening and pre-sale. I didn't really know what I was doing. I was like, all right, let's just kind of pre-sale and have a discounted rate whatever you're like, let's figure it out. It, it, it went okay. You know, that was really before the, the, the brand started taking off. So here I was like, I want to do it where there's only X amount and people know, I'm going to tell you exactly how many we have available. So it's not like, Oh, limited number. Like, no, you're going to see, we only have hundred of this available, 150 of this and 200 of this and create that supply and demand, like really create it. Like, all right, if you get in on this fucking awesome, that's going to be your rate forever. This is going to be this, you know? So, uh, you know, tier one sold out in like 45 seconds. I was at the bar. I had to set an alarm for four o'clock that day because I got the email. I was like, oh, fuck. And I boom, 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 got it. And I was like, I never thought I was going to sneak in and get that first tier. And I was like, fuck. Like, and then I just hit refresh just for shits and gigs, gone. Yeah, it actually, so it's funny. So we only had, I think we only had like, I think I picked the number like 70. I don't know. It was like right around 100 available for pre-sale. 200 people got in on it because... I didn't, so it was a brand new system I'm using now for our like- ABC? Yeah, I'm using yeah. ABC. I, I like them. Well, hopefully, you know, yeah, yeah, I've yeah. had bad experiences with, I've, I've, I know ABC for a while with Gold's Gyms yeah, and shit. Yeah. I've used three different gym members. I have Gym Insight for my Seneca one. Okay. Glowfox for Greenville. Yeah, yeah. And I, I want to, I don't want to, I want to stop learning new systems. Sure, yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, I want to, they all suck at some degree. It's just which one can you put up with? Exactly. That's it. And Glowfox is good if I had classes. It's class-based, you know, it's awesome for that. But I'm like, I don't really use that. They're mobile friendly. I like the user interface. It's a cool design. But I'm like, I want to have something that can grow with me. Found ABC. ABC. Anyways, so I'm learning. I signed with ABC a week and a half before I did pre-sale. <laughs> I'm bro. I'm learning shit. I'm like, I hope this is going to be available. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you got the email. Right. Oh, I, I did. Push, oh, I yeah, push yeah. it back. Yeah, yeah. That's because. Yep. Because they were like, 
we don't it's not gonna be ready and i'm like guys what like what they're what like day? set up an onboarding takes weeks yeah. yeah yeah in my head i'm like we can do this in like a weekend right? push a button right yeah i was yeah. like come on and they're like no we build out everything and i'm like fuck guys so i'm like bro i'm like calling someone I'm like who do i need to send a bottle of whiskey to yeah shout yep. out to them for getting it done as quickly as they did because they were like we're not gonna be ready till january and i'm like whoa, whoa. i was like all right guys well i'm gonna have to go somewhere else like yeah. i pre-sales have to happen in december and I'm or early before December. Yeah, yeah. You're open up mid December. Yeah, I'm trying to open up there. Like I'm open in the gym before January, whether I have you guys or not. Like yeah. that's period. Um, so that was like a little bit of a learning curve. But when pre-sale happened with the system, if you're in the queue, so if like if you were on the website and you click the membership without buying it, you're in the queue. Mm-hmm. And so we had about 200 people that click it in the queue. And when I shut them off, it was like, okay, shut off. But you have X amount there in a queue that if they sign up, they're getting that price. So I shut it off immediately because I saw it. I refreshed and it was like, oh, you know, this X and I saw so I shut it off. But then, you know, people, people still got through. People still got through. So I was like, shit. I mean, so it is what it is. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. a lot of people got, you know, a good price that would have had to been like tier, tier yeah. two. Um, but yeah, that was a learning curve on that as well. <laughs> so, okay. So uh, how much, what was the end? What did you end up doing in pre-sale? Uh, the numbers wise? Yeah. Like how many? So we had right at like 300, I think. 300 people pre-sale total. 300 pre-sale. And your yep. tiers went, was that first? It was like a sub $100 for the first year. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, 89 and then it went 99 and then 109. 109, got yeah, it. Yeah. And then what's your, like when you think about that in a Charlotte market, like even at 109, you're still vastly underpricing, yeah. you know, what this is. Yeah. And the the fact that there really is no competition. In the open gym market, you can name a handful on one hand probably, but nothing of this caliber. Yeah. Do you, how, what are you thinking? And what have you done with the previous gyms as far as like price raises over the years? Like your rent, like you said, you've got an annual escalator in your rent. There's inflation, costs go up, all this other shit. Yep. So essentially, you know, every like two years, we kind of like build in like, okay, or how, what percentage are we going up? You know, in our contracts, we, we have it in there um, where, you know, the price can increase. And we, you know, we try to add value to the gym so it doesn't feel like we're nickel and diamond in our, sure. our members. You know, we, we like want to make sure that they like, are not feeling like, you know, because $2 or $5 isn't big, but when you see that, you're like, what the fuck? Why, you sure. know, why? So it's like the little things that can piss people off weird. So I don't want to like ever like feel like, you know, we're just trying to just keep taking from them. So, you know, it is inflation. Our rent goes up every year. Yeah. You know, every year it's going up. So, you know, I don't think I have it correctly. You know, I, you know, I think there's a yeah, room yeah. of improvement. So, you know, right now, I don't know. I think it'll be in two years Maybe a year where we go up. Like I, I try to do it every two years, but uh, it probably would be smarter to go every year. To it's be like it, at a hundred on a hundred. Let's say it's a hundred bucks a month. Yeah. So the way I generally do, I'm like tell, I put into every gym's contract. Every year, it's just gonna go up by three percent. I learned this from a gym in San Francisco. She, the one of the owners, was a lawyer. She's like, every year in our contract, it just on the anniversary year contract, it'll go up by three percent. So at a hundred dollars, it went up by three dollars. People in here would light $3 on fire and never give two fucks. But as business owners, we sit there like, fuck, if I raise three, if I 3%, yet alone, you're paying the fucking merchant processor at ABC fucking 3% (laughs) to swipe it for nothing, for no reason whatsoever. Swipe that card. I mean, even at the least, just tell people, hey, you want to, you you want, you want to use a credit card to get your miles and points? I got you. You're going to pay 3% if you want to do that. Or give me your ACH information because ACH transactions are going to be a point if that, you know? 
it's fucking crazy. But as gym owners, we like, we're like, fuck, I can't, I don't, I can't do that to people. Yeah. It's fucking crazy it, though. It stresses me out, man. I, 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 and that's something like I need to get better at. Cause honestly, like I lose sleep over that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The first time I did that, I was, I sent an email to everyone. I'm sorry. I, yeah, yeah. I literally sent an email and I was like, guys, this is what's happening. Like, you know, and I was like, a whole Justify thing. Justify a paragraph. Like you're breaking up yeah, with someone. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, I, I was like, people are going to cancel. I was yeah, like, yeah. dude, I was like, what if this is the worst move I possibly make? Yeah. You know? And it was, it was fine. Yeah. Don't give a fuck. And so, you know, I, I'm still trying to get better at that because, yeah. you know, I like giving so much value where you're like, of course I would pay, you know, like that's yeah. the, the mindset I always try to, you know, do at the gyms for sure. Yeah. So. yeah. The apparel you put out is fucking, it's great. You buy high quality shit. The wholesale cost, even of high quality shit is expensive. Yeah. yeah. You can't sell it for a cheap rate, yeah, yeah. right? You got to sell it at high grade because it also makes it status based, yeah. right? It's like, that's the thing is like the, a gym like this you got to keep it at a price point where people go, oh, you go there, yep. you know, because if it's not meant for everybody, it can't be price point for fucking everybody too. Exactly. It's, but it's, man, it's, it's a tug of war as a gym owner, dude. It's it, fucking tough. Well, that was, that was my biggest thing here is like, you know, I was talking to my parents and just people and they're like, what's the price? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it was everywhere. I was like, I was thinking 89 to 160. Yeah. It was in that range literally of like, okay, what makes sense? What was priced at where it's not outpricing the people that I want, you know, yeah. to actually be there. Cause people would pay 160, but then okay. it's like, you know, where, where is that like too pricey? And price is relative, you know, sure. $1,200 for an iPhone. Yeah, yeah. Five years ago, you'd be like, what the yeah. fuck? But now, you know, everyone has an iPhone. That's nothing. This price is what you yeah. put value into, you know, $160. $1,200 at the bar on a Saturday. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like $160. If you take your girl out to eat once, once, easy, it's done. Yeah. easy. So it's like out of the whole month, you just stay in one night and you're paying done. for the gym membership. Do people rationalize it like that? Not necessarily, yeah. you know? So it, it's weird, but uh, I, that was a big struggle. And I was like, I want it where it's priced, where it's like, it is expensive, sure. you know? And it, so we don't have all the riffraff and we don't have all like, you know, just packed full of just fucking people, yep. but it is priced where it's like, people can justify the price. And they're like, all right, you know, maybe I don't make a ton of money, but I will, you know, allocate this to actually work out 100%. there. Yeah. What do you predict the membership cap on this facility would be? So it's, so it's so hard, you know, with, and I tell people this all the time. If, if everyone, if I keep signing people up and they only come at 5 PM, my, my cap's going to be really, you know, small, Sure. you know, the idea is to try to get people in, you know, throughout the whole day is yeah. like, you know, that off time of after lunch yep. to, you know, before four 30 and then the after seven 38, 8 PM yeah. to 11 PM. Those are like the ideal markets. I think, you know, we're, we're I would love to have 1500 to, 2,000 members. I think 2,000 members would be our, our true cap. Like, honestly, that's the goal I want to have in the next, you know, year and a half. Um, we have a Greenville. Greenville. So Greenville right now, we have 900, 950 okay. in Greenville. Seneca? Seneca, we have 1,500. Okay. Yep. Um, Greenville is a lot smaller, 8,500 square feet total space. Um, Seneca is around this size, about 10,000. Yeah. 10, 10, 5, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, Seneca, we have a lot of people that you know, sign up that don't. Sure. That was my next question is like, what is the average utilization you see in the open gym model? Like in a group class model, it's like, I, mean, I can fit 25 people in class. It's like, you know, group class businesses are more like airlines or, or events. Yeah. I only have so many seats to sell. Right. Whereas in here, again, it's this kind of unknown, you can, you can ballpark it, but it's kind of unknown. Right. Yeah. And the nice thing about an open gym, model, people are resilient too many people. If I, if someone comes in here, it's like, man, it's so packed at five. They don't cancel. They just get their ass here at a different time. Yeah. So it's kind of nice. Like it, like the bottlenecks 
solve themselves. And you're like, oh man, my, you know, 4 p.m. is getting a little bit busier. It's because those motherfuckers could come at 4 p.m. They were coming at 5 because the hot chick's here then. Yep. But it's too busy <laughs> and he can't get in the squat rack, so he's going to come at 4. Yep. And that's just the natural, like, like all the sand funneling through that just finds its own little spot. But when you think of the utilization here, like, what's the average times per week you think someone's coming in? So it's, it's funny, it's, it's the opposite of Planet Fitness. You know, Planet sure. Fitness model is 90% of our members never show sure. up and it's too cheap for them to even worry about yeah. it. The equipment never gets Show broke. up to get pizza on Friday and that's yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Here, I don't know the exact numbers, but it's more on that 75% of our members are active, especially when you're yeah. that higher price point. You know, you're spending that, you're, sure. you're coming here. We have, we're not a beginner's gym. You know, we have people that are, are new, but we're not typically your beginner's gym. We're intermediate, advanced people. People are trying to, you know, compete or you want to be seen. You, you know, this is your social yeah. club. You come here. You, you don't want to be, you, it's almost like you miss out if you don't come here. It's that FOMO effect where it's like, well, I just got new, you know, Gymshark shit. I want to show that off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wear this at the bar. I wear that shit yeah, in the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see that hot chick because I know she's going to be there. So people come here a lot and they spend a lot of time here too. Um, so I think it's, it's more trending on that 80% of our members are active, like, yeah. I, and it probably is even higher than that, to be honest with you. Um, and, you know, to go back with it being full, it's, it's I, I compare it to like a bar. You have to find that like perfect medium. Cause like if a bar, if you walk in, it's empty. You're like, all right guys, get this the fuck out of here. But if you walk in, it's nut to butt. And you're like, I can't even get to the bar. I'm out too. Correct. When you go in there and it's like packed, but it's just a vibe. You're like, oh, this place yep. is it. This is the spot. Same with the gym. It's like, you have to have it. Some people like an empty gym. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can't have an empty. We gym. can't pay the rent on that. Exactly. So it's like, all right, where is it worse? The energy's high. You know, like a class, you can you can create good energy with ten people in a class and just have that vibe. And that's what I wanted to create here is that the energy's always there, but having that happy, like not packed, not too packed, but sure. it's packed enough where people are out and you're just you know in between. You're talking to people and it's just that vibe. So and the nice thing is in the gym, as soon as it gets packed and you're like, okay, I'm gonna sit on this for eight weeks, twelve weeks, it's fucking packed. Raise prices by 20%, just bleeds it out. You'll make more money with less people. Yep. And then just wait a couple, another year, two years, let it fill back up and bleed it again. Add it, you know, increase that price. And that's the that's the regulator. Whenever the fucking bottle gets too filled, just poke a little hole in it with a price raise. Some yep. people go up, most stay. And, and you make more money. Um, talk to me about the business on this. Why is Seneca the only 24-7? Why did you not continue with 24-7? So there's way more cons in my aspect than pros. The the pro that I do love is it's not man 24 seven. So say my opener doesn't show up, the gym's running. You sure, know, like it's staffless it, for essentially. It's, it's staff, like it essentially runs itself. What system are you using for in and out? So we have kind of a proprietary system. It's, it's, it's gym inside, but then we have, um, it's a company that's in Seneca that, um, I'm, I'm just blanking essentially just like door access. It's a door access. access. It's, a, it's a key fob, key fob. but yeah, yeah, yeah. So and it has it's 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 door locked with magnetic. Yeah. So you have to you you scan to get in, scan to get out. But so many cons of like people tailgating at night when we're not staffed. You know, we we have cameras that are always going, but the gym just looks like shit. You know, luckily we've had had like major issues, but you know when it's not staffed, people are just throwing weights around. They're not fucking re racking shit. You know, we have to make sure the music's always playing. Sometimes Spotify just fucks up in the middle of the night. So, you know, say that happens at 11 o'clock at night and until, you know, 7 a.m., there's zero music. And at my gyms, that's a fucking big deal. And then, you know, when they come in, it's like, you know, the, for the seven hours, eight hours, there's been no music. Or like, say someone uses a ton of toilet paper for no reason, just like, sure. you know, and then we're, you know, there's all those things when you walk in, you're like, oh, 
fuck. And you're just like scrambling to like make the gym look proper again yeah, or, or yeah. get it back. And like I said, you know, and people like they know you have like a, a man, someone who pops in there twice a day, three times a day that just oversees Sunday, just pop in, make sure shit's not, you know, whatever, and then bounces out. Or? It, it's staffed from, okay. from 8 a.m. to uh, to 9 p.m. Got it's it. staffed. Okay. But then we have people, we have managers that will stay later or come earlier. And we have managers throughout the day. But yeah, staff from eight, say eight to eight throughout every single day. But then the gym's always open if you're yeah. if you're a member. But yeah, said those off times like people will know, like, oh, at nine o'clock they're out. So me and all the homies can come in. Sure. And then then it's like, all right, we gotta check the cameras and then doing all this. And then we never get a chance to really clean the whole gym. You know, we can do it, but when I do artwork and stuff and it's really hard, I have to do it at 3 a.m. That's like our slowest time. I'm up there on a ladder, I'm opening the doors, and there'll be two guys and I'm like, guys, I'm about to spray paint y'all cool. And they're like, oh yeah, we don't care. Yeah. You know, I'm spray painting and doing shit. And this is, I'm a super creative and like when I do art and, and I, sometimes I just sit in the gym and I just sit there for an hour and just like be in my own head and it's like, all right, how do I want to like redesign this? Yeah. How do I want this to be? And when people are watching me, sometimes it just doesn't really work that sure. way. And people were, you know, I used to do art in the gym and it was kind of like a spectacle where I would do it like as the gym was open and it was cool for people to actually see it happen. But then people are, what have you thought about this? Or what yeah, do you think yeah, about yeah. this? What you, and it's like, would you be drawn out? And I'm like, my time's better in different aspects. Yeah. So the only thing I like about 24-7 is if my people don't show up, it's good. It's there. It's yeah, always yeah. there. You know, here, I, you know, I'm, you know, I wake up at 4.30 in the morning just to make, like, check the cameras. All right, we're Freaking there. Out. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're there. We're good. I used to, do, I used to open up my Greenville gym for the first, like, six months because I couldn't find anyone reliable, and I'm checking the cameras here. It's a little, you know, I... Nothing worse than being a gym owner and no one, someone no-shows to open the gym up. That's the... Because I'm not... Standing outside. I'm not waking up at 4 a.m. just because, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a late-night person, so I'm usually here at 3 a.m., and so, like, I'm just now getting to bed sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. at 4 a.m., and this happened before, you know, where it's like, someone doesn't show up and I'm wake up to five calls and being like, yo, we're outside. Like what the fuck? And you know, I give my employees one mess up and that one mulligan. That's, that, it. that's it. I was like, that's all you get. I was like, I get it. People, people mess up. But if, if we consistently don't open when we're supposed to be, that's when people cancel. Sure. If, if, if someone plans their day around 5am, I get that. I'd be fucking pissed. If I pay X dollars and I expect the gym to be open and it's closed, I'm pissed. People get it. It happens once. If it happens once, okay. If it happens twice, that's a, a routine, and that then then I can't rely on you to be open. Then you know, then it's bad. So this is one of the things I was looking forward to getting your insight on the most. Uh, so many of like the concept validation calls now. We look at like the gym, and it's like okay, after you get done with rent, which generally your highest line item on your operating expenses. Next, it's generally staff, yeah. and. Nobody went to career day and was like, I can't wait to be a front desk girl at a gym, right? So it's a gig you're constantly having to replenish on a, on a regularly high relative cadence. Yeah. And it's like, okay, technology fucking is so incredible that how, how are we still having people do these mundane fucking tasks like again? And so I, we just had a concept that's like, okay, we're not doing 24 seven for the same reason. Plus you're not making any money between fucking 10 PM and three, four, 5 AM. Anyway, no one's, like, coming, yeah. no one's fucking coming. Like yeah. it's shift work and the nurses and shit. Yeah. Yeah. So fuck that. Don't go to 24 seven, but like coming up with the key lock kind of thing, scan. I got a guy now, he's got a, a company they're out California, like Palo Alto, but it's cameras and essentially motion tracking, but it can recognize when somebody has taken something, not put it back. Oh, and shit. then it'll boom, snap it, send it to the email address, like the catch all email. And then they're just issuing $30 per instance, 
of equipment cleaning fees or equipment put away fees. And it just, it's on there and it literally sends you an email. This is your screenshot. Kind of like when you, if you run a speed, you do a speeding ticket yeah. now, you get a picture. You don't even know you got fucking busted running a speed, you know, whatever. You yeah. get a fucking thing in the mail. And it's like, hey, look at this. So just snap it and it's like, all right, you've been hit with this $30, something that's expensive and it hurts. And like, fuck, you have signs up that say, look, don't put shit, put shit away. You touch it, put it away. Wherever you pick it up, put it back because everyone's now trying to figure out how do I get the cost of these gyms down? Because the commercial real estate is going up, the build outs are high, and to build in a margin, and again, like the margin on front desk staff isn't crazy expensive at the end yeah. of the day, but it, like finding staff can be sometimes. It's finding staff is real hard. Yeah, it, it's, it's you know, I was, where I'm interviewing two people tomorrow, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. finding that, and you know, a lot of times this is their secondary job or like, you know, yeah. you know, there's side this hustle, kind of, yeah, yeah. side hustle. So it's like, there's usually a lifetime on people. What I try to do is, is we create a culture where it's, what's like, it's cool to sure. be here. Yeah. You want to be staffed here because it's like, I'm part of you like- You see your friends when they're coming in, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, you're like a part of like a group, like, you know, like it's cool to work for Apple or those like, sure. like you know, whether yeah, you're, yeah. you're up top or not, you're like, I work for Tesla. Yeah, it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. like that's dope. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Like, so this, I try to bring that into my gyms is like, it's a badge of honor. Like where you work here, you get perks that like, you're skipping lines at clubs because we have a lot of the bouncers work here. You know, you know these people, you know these people. So you're connected yeah, yeah. because you work here. You're, you're, it elevates your status by being a front desk person. But we, I don't treat my people like that. You know, like it, it's part of a family and I, you know, I don't want people to think, oh, I'm just like a front desk person because I'm working the front desk with yeah, you. Or, yeah, yeah. You know, I want to create that like where it's the, the cool place and it, and there's no ceiling. Like my manager, for Greenville, she started front desk and now she's, you know, oversight of pretty much two gyms and she wants to be all three of yeah. these. And I, you know, and it's awesome. So it's like, I tell all my front desk staff, I'm like, look, if you want to be front desk, awesome. I will keep you there. But if you want to take over my marketing or if you want to like, really, we'll start building that up. And like, I would love for you to do that. And like, cause I'm not stopping opening gyms. So you're kind of still on the floor level of the, of this business. So you can be, you know, fourth person in line if you like are truly like a part of it. And so it gives people kind of like, all right, yeah, maybe I do. Like I'm a bartender right now. I don't see myself being a full-time bartender forever or I'm working something that like, you know, I'm a nurse and I like it, but maybe I don't want to do that forever. And if I like this gym, maybe I could do this, you know, forever and I could be, you know, the seventh person in line of a multi-million dollar, you know, yeah, yeah. thing that's making good money. So, um, so, you know, I, that I've looked at automating stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look at it, but then I try to like, I, I replicate hospitality. I look at hospitality and like, you can't, yes. And it's like, you need those people. And it's yeah. like a person seeing you saying what's up to you. It, it, it changes the dynamic from like no one being there and just walking around and having that personal interaction. COVID show that we need that personal interaction. And it's like, you know, maybe my bottom line is, isn't as lean because I have staff, but we're going to get more, we're going to retain more people and get more people because we have good staff and someone you'd like to see. And, you know, someone that can plug you in the city of like, oh yeah, I know these, that they're involved in the city. So you move here. Let me give you five restaurant recommendations. Let me tell you the nightclub you should yeah. go to. Let me introduce you to this guy. Cause he's also in yeah. fishing or racing. Y'all should meet, you know, it's like, they're kind of the, like that network hub and bringing people together too. So. It, Cause that's the key is everyone expects to come in and have a clean gym, uh, good equipment, friend, whatever you got to go. That's what they expect. If you just do what people expect, like if American Airlines, like our planes don't fall out of the sky, you'd be like, <laughs> yeah, they fucking better now. Right. I expect that. Yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. I expect the gym to be clean. I expect the bathrooms to be clean. I expect you have nice equipment. You're a gym. That's, yep. that's, but it's going above and beyond that. The hospitality thing is huge. 
I used to go like anytime I travel, I would go and I'd go to the nicest hotel, even if like I didn't want to spend the money on it. Like you go to Ritz Carlton, you know the five fifteen rule. So to the Ritz Carlton, if you work at the Ritz and I'm I'm a member, I'm a guest and I'm within 15 feet of you, you have to acknowledge me and say, hey, sir, how's it going today? Anything I can help you with? 15 feet. No shit. If I get within five feet of you, you have to walk over and like actually greet me and ask me how my stay's going. If you ask someone at the Ritz Carlton, where's the pool? They can't say, oh, it's up to the, the elevators around the corner, it's on the fourth. They have to take you yeah. there. And like, I took that, I was like, holy shit. And like, so my gym, it was group fitness. I mean, we went and we had, I went invested in towels, fridge, aloe scented. At the end of every workout, someone walked around with a platter and handed you an aloe scented eucalyptus cold towel that you got to put on your face. And the first time that happened, they're like, what are you doing? What is this? I'm like, it's for you, it's the end of the workout. That's the talk trigger that they'd fucking talk about. You hit the senses and, cause nobody else was doing that thing. When someone canceled, where are you moving? Chicago. Listen, we don't have one in Chicago, but you give me the zip code and my con- my relocation concierge is gonna go ahead and she's gonna find the best coffee shop, the best nightclub, the best restaurants, and a few gyms that are in your area. Yeah. And I hope that you love your new city in Chicago. If you ever happen to come back, we open something up, we'll hit you up. Yeah. It's just that little fucking extra of doing it. Cause just think of what every gym's currently doing at when they cancel. What every gym's doing when they walk in the door, you gotta do one fucking, so you gotta outwork and do more than what everyone else is doing. Cause this all works in the beginning. Flashy, sexy, awesome. But you're right, it's that hospitality I think that the fitness industry is missing wildly. It is, and and I think it is because a lot of times, like you said with Fitness Factory, is because no one's pushing them No like one gives that. a fuck. You know, and they're like, all right, I can kind of, you know, get around with not doing it. And, you know, you expect that when you go to a, a Ritz or like a five, you know, a, yeah, a yeah. Michelin three star or whatever. Yeah. You're like, all right, expect that. But when you go to like a gym, you're like, nah, you know, whatever. So that level of expectation for the business owner is not really there. Yeah. So I view that as like an opportunity to, you know, to actually, you know, create something. And I'm not doing an amazing job at it yet, but there's, I want to, you know, that's like always sure. in the forefront of like, okay, how can we like really blow people's mind when they're like, wait, what? Like, what the fuck? What? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like why? Well, that's incredible. Yeah. I, I categorize entrepreneurs in generally two categories. They're generally math-based, like their head just is, kind of like your dad. Your dad likes numbers, he's structured things. And then there's the art or the abstract, which is clearly, I think, where you definitely <laughs> yeah. fit in. How much is all the art in here you? Yeah, yeah, so I do all the art in here. Yeah. And so I didn't realize that at first, and then it might've been my fourth or fifth time in, and I saw, yeah, I started seeing your yeah. fucking, I'm like, I'll do it, I haven't, I, there's, I, they're not on everyone because they're yeah. not finished, but they're on a couple because I finished, those I are finished. Like, I'm yeah. like, get the fuck out of here. I didn't realize, I was like, I'm like, I don't know where he got all this shit. Um, how, were you always artistic, or did the, was the gym the first time where you're like, fuck it, I need to make this place a cooler in Seneca, let me start seeing what I do. Twofold, so I, I was really big into art in middle school. I won okay. like two awards and okay. stuff, and then, Art in school's not that cool. Yeah, it's not you know, that cool. I, like, no, 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 I always no, did yeah. sports and I'm this like- This ain't getting me late. Yeah, I was, like, I was like, oh yeah, I won these art things, but like, I'm playing football now. Like, yeah. you know, like, fuck art. So like, I, I, I was into art and then I just never did it again. Yeah. And then Greenville location, we were gonna paint, uh, trying to paint all the walls white and I, uh, got a contractor and he, I think he said something like $25,000. I was like, the paint is white? They're already kind of tan, bro. Like, what do you mean? And I was like, fuck you, I'll do it myself. So started painting myself. There was a couple like spray paint cans just left over. And I was like, you know, it, it was just yeah. a late night. And I was like, you know, I started messing around, doing some graffiti. A homie came in, he was like, yo, who the fuck did this graffiti? This is really cool. I was like, oh, I just did it. He was like, this is sick, bro. And I was like, you know what? It is like, 
let me start. And I started just playing with it and then started doing murals. And what I love about it is it, one, it's, you get a piece of me in the gym. It's like something that like, it's just in my head. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, all right, that's Corey. I, I get his aspect. And two, it's like, it, you can't find that. You anywhere. can't buy it on Instagram. Yep. Exactly. Like you can't find it. And like, it's a one-on-one. So, you know, I started kind of playing with it. And then I went at the time, my girlfriend, we went to LA and uh, there was a huge line to stand in front of this pink wall. It's, it's right on like, um, uh, it's, it's Rose or something. It's, it's a, it's a, or Melrose. Um, and it's just a pink wine. There's a line of girls to stand in front of just to p- take a picture. It's of like the, the wings in Nashville. Yeah. So I was like, wait a second, let me start creating aspects where people will organically just take photos of it, you know, just to take photos of it, whether they're in it or not, and they'll take photos in it. And then that just started kind of triggering. I'm like, okay, if I do this myself, you know, one, if I, if I paid someone to do that, it'd probably cost 10 grand, you know, and then I'd feel bad painting over it or getting rid of it. So I'm like, I'm a good enough artist where I can do it myself. And it looks like shit is paint. I'll just fucking paint over it. Yeah, yeah. And it started, started doing that and it just kind of blossomed from there. So, I mean, but these are way bigger than that. Like this gets to a whole different level. The, the, these are eight by eight, which this was a big project. You know, I was, <laughs> I built the canvases myself wrapped them myself, primed them myself, because I was gonna buy the canvases already wrapped, uh, but it's like, once you get to this size, it's like $1,500 a canvas, just with the canvas. And we had like 10 of them, I'm like 20 Gs just for blank canvases? I don't know. So I was able to like, you know, figure out, okay, if I if I buy the wood and I buy just a huge thing of raw canvas, I can stretch it myself. You stretched it on it yourself? Yeah, built everything. Like literally went to Home Depot, built <laughs> the canvases, stretched them, primed it. And I did it for, I, it came out to be in about $110 per canvas. And then, MJ was like, bro, we should start selling. I was about to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, just sell the raw canvases. Like, if they're over $1,000, then uh, it's like- DIY generally looks like dog shit. DIY generally, like, that's that's dope, dude. If you really start nitpicking, you can tell them. Sure. They're not perfectly straight. You know, they bow out a little bit, But it's like, I've been in in meetings where people like talk about a billboard and how it has to be. I'm like, driving 60 miles an hour, motherfucker. No one's getting that close to the fucking thing. It just has to look good enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and that's my thing is like I try to tiptoe the line of like does it, I never want it to look DIY. Yeah, yeah. I want people to know I did it myself yep. and it looks professional. So it's like where where do my talent meet that expectation of like okay is it DIY enough where it's like uh, or is it like okay this is sick. So it's like you know I, I try to tiptoe that line. Yeah, and it, and especially it, it's not like you're saving a hundred dollars. Like when the savings are in the five and six figures on stuff, similar yeah. to you know painting the fucking ceiling and saving fifty grand. That's that's legit, especially when you don't have you know you're not you don't have private equity backing this thing exactly. kind of thing, and you're yeah. ha- you're you're you are you are you're generally doing what I what I would traditionally say you're robbing you got two locations printing making money, and you're yanking cash out of them to fund this next one, right? Yeah. Or did you do everything? Is everything here separate? Uh, pretty much separate, honestly. Okay. Like, like we we kind of made that mistake with Greenville. We, okay. were, we were pulling all the cash from Seneca, Seneca. yeah, 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 and just trying to Robin Peter to pay Paul. Yeah, yeah. so it's kind good. of and good. we're like, all right. Let's not do that, yes. you know? So payroll, everything's good. We don't have to think about it. It allows it to fail on its own. Like if it fucks up, you're able to judge it on its own versus yeah. Big Brother taking care of it and paying it, the rent. It, it, exactly, we're like, all right, let's take enough capital Smart. ourselves so that we, we're not doing that because we did that at Greenville and yeah, it was like, yeah, oh, yeah. you know, a little sketchy at first. And like, all right, where's all this money going? And it was just hard to like kind of keep track of everything. And uh, yeah, so so we didn't want to do that here. So talk to me about the plan. These are all corporately owned stores. These are all owned under the Core 24 uh, company. Do you plan to continue to corporately own them? Do you plan to 
franchise or license at some point? So, you know, moving forward, the, the, the big strategy I think is franchising. You know, I, I, it's kind of the Chick-fil-A model where it's like really hard to own one of these, but when you do, it's successful. And the person that, you know, is franchising, they're invested. They're like a me, you know, they're, they're fucking hands on it. And we're giving them the, the, the fundamentals of how to make it look good. And they're just there and making it. And that's when I really want, I want to be a national brand. Like that's the goal It's like, I want when any city you go to, you're like, well, where's core 24? First, we're up there with the equinoxes better than them. You know, golds is kind of out of the picture now, but like used yeah. to be golds. I want to be the better version of what golds used to be. And in every major city we're in and the way to do that without me being six years old and open up, you know, one or two a year is, you know, it's, it's going to have to be franchising. The next, I, I want the next one, hopefully next year, is going to be corporate owned. After that, we're, we're probably going to look franchise. Um, yeah. Maybe when we hit five, you know, I, I originally I said five. I was like, once we hit five, then we'll look at franchising. So, you know, I think that we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, but that's kind of the goal. Yeah. You know? But I don't want to lose, I don't want it to be a McDonald's franchise. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, so it's, it's like, I want it like Chick-fil-A. I, I love that example because they're amazing. You know, you go to pretty much any Chick-fil-A. Yep. They're fast. You know, they're good. McDonald's, it's all over the place, man. You can go to one that's, you don't get your food forever. And they don't give a shit about, you know, working there. Chick-fil-A, they, they all love working. They, you know, it just, it, that, that energy. And there's a proper way to do it. And so I, I just want to make sure if we do it, it's proper. And it's like where you, it's a, it feels like Core 24, you know. I never, I never went the franchise route. We went the license route for a minute before getting out of the gym game, um, good colleague of mine, uh, Brandon Cullen, he owns Metabolic, the co-founder of Metabolic in that franchise. And he, a quote he always, I heard him say is, when you franchise, you gotta accept, you're you're generally gonna rinse, repeat. And if you can keep 90% of what you created, that's a win. Because the second you hand it off to that other person, even though here's the playbook, it stills never, and if you can accept 90%, go with it yeah. because that's probably the best because it's going to be ran like you want it to run but it there's just that fucking element that just you that's not quite there yet and it's you know it takes it'll take years to sit down and create the ftd docs of just yeah. like the systems and all because again you're an entrepreneur like you're building the airplane while you're flying it. It's not like there's, you know, there's not a a fully done vested fucking core 24 handbook probably sitting behind that front desk. You guys are still figuring things out. Each location has got a different footprint. It's got kind of a different thing, different price points, different demographic. Yeah. Like, you know, and eventually be like, okay, we got our, we had our two, we had whatever. I think we're going to replicate the Charlotte one. This is the one, the footprint. This is like how we want to try to recreate this. You know, you go to franchise accelerators and they're gonna be like, cool, I need to see how many you got, Blake. Well, those first two don't count. They look nothing like yeah. this This one. This is the one you're gonna do? Cool, that means you only have one, right? So you gotta go yeah. ahead and you gotta hit some, oh, and you're just regional in North and South Carolina? Bro, get, like you said, where you, like, you were thinking about Miami maybe. Yeah. Like, yeah. get to it, go and show up in a big boy market and fucking, and, and can you butt heads with it? Because that franchise game, I mean, if you, I don't know if you follow in the industry, like, what exponential is going through exponential the largest boutique fitness holder they, of, of they own rumble too right rumble all of it yeah rumbles their franchise no, no, they, they're is, all is, fucked but i mean the fucking shit show f45 as a franchise and all of exponentials 10 brands they're all under fire because it, they you know deceitful practices selling people a dream and telling them it's gonna make this much money when it don't make that much money yeah and it's it's tough man the franchise thing is tough but the one thing no one's doing is a boutique 
open gym, dope version. When you think about this thing growing up, do you think of it on a bigger square footage platform or do you think about keeping it in tighter 12,000-ish type boxes? I wanna keep it tight. Because yeah. once you start going bigger, you go to the alpha land where it's like, oh, we're gonna do this and then we're gonna add this and then we're gonna add this. And then you lose that like, just the intimacy and that that cool factor sure. and like you just lose a lot and like then you're playing with different markets and you're playing against the lifetimes and yeah. all that shit and it's like no like no one's doing or not too many people are yeah. doing that like 10,000 12,000 square foot and that's like kind of where our market is and I want to keep it there it makes it creative you know and we we can figure out like how many people we can get in here but we don't try to do a basketball court we don't Correct. try to do a swimming pool we don't try to do all the shit because once you start getting bigger you're like all right well I got this much, I might as well put a boxing ring in here. I might as yeah, well put yeah, a barbershop yeah. in here, you know, all this shit. And it's like, nah, we don't want to do that. You know, yeah. I don't want to pay for all that shit. And that's not who we are. And I want to keep, that was like, this is like, this was the goal. It was like, okay, what is the perfect square footage? How does that look? We landed on 11,000. I think that's very close to like the perfect square footage is like, where it's enough equipment where you can have pretty much every workout you can think of and also have 1500 people where it's comfortably happy, making good money, and then we're moving on to the next yeah. one. So, um, you know, that's that's what I'm hoping for is 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 the idea. Well, especially if you want to franchise it, because if you did an alpha land 30,000 square feet, you can have one per fucking metropolitan area. With this, let's say there's a million people in Charlotte and gym membership penetration nationwide is 15%. That's 150,000 people. And this is gonna have maybe 1,200 members in it. That means you could have a South End location, you could do a Noda location, you could you could have, Charlotte could probably support three of these yeah. with the population we have here and with over, you know, whatever, on, over 150,000 people having a gym membership or doing something. Yeah. And again, it just, you, you people, there's, a, there's gonna be plenty of open gym models. You're not wrong about that. It's gonna be hard to recreate the authenticity of this. Yeah. Did you ever see people who aren't cool try to act cool? <laughs> Fuck, you're on reality TV, never mind. If I, what am I talking about? Of course you fucking That's know. Much yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the worst fucking thing ever. But like, this is so authentic. Like you didn't, again, if you would have bought this, it would look so fucking fake. If it would have been like yeah. wall pop art, like it, it's so authentic. It looks real. It's like, it, that did not come out of a fucking playbook. Yeah. Right? Like just your brain. Now it can be. The next location can also have a fucking awesome Arnold or a Columbo, you know, you know, whatever. And that's, that's what worries me about the franchise model. Sure. You sit the 10% you said, yeah, that, yeah. the 90%, that 10% is what makes it cool or not. You know, yeah, yeah. and that's what I'm worried about if that I could lose doing that. And that's what scares me, honestly. That's probably my biggest worry is like, how am I growing this and still keeping that cool factor? Because that's what's intangible. The great thing about a corporately owned that you scale, while you won't be selling a B2B, you won't be selling the people who are gonna pay you money to run your business now, if you really, like, you re like what you said about the front desk and stuff, you wanna create opportunities corporately, because again, there's, I mean, even if you had a GM position here, what the fuck you can be able to pay a GM? Like realistically, you cannot be able to buy a house and have kids and get a nice house in Charlotte, but you can then grow your corporate locations. You maintain 20% ownership, whatever. They take 80% ownership and they could open the fucking, the Nashville location, right? And like, you can grow a corporate brand like that all from in-house. It will grow slower. But I'd say, I think with the style of this, you can be nationwide and still have eight locations, yeah. you know, kind of thing, but they're fucking eight, 10 rock star fucking locations versus, yeah, you can franchise and get triple digits and fucking 60% will be good. 20% will be incredible. 20% will be dog shit that you'll be embarrassed by, but you are contractually obligated to let them keep running their shit.
Yeah. And it, it, it's a tough gig. But uh, and that's I, what's happening, like Rumble, yeah. for instance. Like you know, I my that I scroll- Rumble location is a fucking embarrassment. Yeah, and it's ridiculous. I, I went to the OG ones in yeah. New York City. Oh yeah, and my Max girlfriend at the time, she was like killing. I was like, damn, this is sick. Yeah, and they're blowing up. And then this one, I'm like, what the fuck? And they're like, oh, this is a franchise. You know, the corporate ones are doing well, but the friend, I'm like, what? Yeah, you know, and I'm like, this sucks. Yeah, like, you fucking sell a license to a fucking a state a, a bank, you know. A stay-at-home mom whose dad is a pediatric surgeon at fucking, you know, Atria makes $750,000 and he gives this to his wife to give her a fucking day job. And of course, why you wonder why it sucks. Yeah. It's like she, her heart's not into it. She just really liked the workout. And yeah, she needs exactly. something to do. Yeah. Needs yeah. something to fucking do. Yeah. Um, last thing I wanted to, okay, what other markets do you look at? We talked about, so you like Miami. I love Miami. You know, it scares me, and I think that's why I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It scares the shit it, out of me. It's big boy time. It is. It's big boy and time. And there's, you know, there's a lot of competition there. And there's, but Miami's the, the, the place for athletes, influencers, rock stars. Like, they're in Miami right now. Like I said, what we were talking about earlier, since COVID, all the LA people moved to Miami. A lot of the New York people moved to Miami. It's the cool spot. F1's there. You know, it's just the, it's the fucking spot. And... I want to be where those people are because I'm confident enough that I can get them in my gym and like actively working out in my gym. And, you know, you start getting some big time celebrities that really are like, yo, I fucking love this gym. Then it can, then it, like I said, then the organic reach is crazy. You know, you have Rick Ross, you know, he's getting back in shape. You have him just fucking at your gym, you know, and all those people just, and then it can kind of trickle down. Um, But what I was saying there, I want to be in the spots that people are moving to after you, you know, the young professionals, where are they moving to? Tampa, Miami, Nashville, Austin, you know, the emerging markets that, you know, aren't popped yet, but they're on the way. Miami's a little different story, you know. The problem with Miami is everything looks cool in Miami. <laughs> so even though you, so you're a 10 out of 10 cool in Charlotte, but Charlotte ain't cool. Yeah. So like for you to make, like you'd be better in the tier two markets, the Nashvilles, the Austins that are like on the come up, cool's not really there. I mean, like, I, I don't have the long better. There was, there was four fucking clubs to go to when I got here, right? They've all shut down at the epicenter. People yep. go to Oak, they go to the Verses or whatever the thing is over there across from Fairwood 255 or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. there's like four places to fucking go. Charlotte's not cool, <laughs> but something like this shows up and it raises that fucking bar exponentially. The Miami, the only thing, the hardest thing is that they're all desensitized to cool. Yeah. We're here, people fucking walk in and get wood from yeah. this place because yeah. we haven't seen cool in Charlotte. Yeah. Everyone's like, yo, I, I show this, everyone's like, is this in cool. Miami? Yeah. They're Correct. like, this must be in Miami, you know, yeah, shit yeah, like yeah. that, so. But I like those markets for you. It's just like, it's one of those things, it's like, fuck, it's like my factor is that I wow people with the coolness. Greenville ain't cool. No. Now, I, I love Greenville from a, like, I like getting away from Charlotte and going there, it's a cool city. Yeah. But you've capitalized on bringing cool in the markets that don't have cool. Yeah. And I think, honestly, that would be my fucking go-to-market strategy. It's like, what areas are growing, but they don't have cool yet? How can I be the fucking, the ambassador, like, show the fucking world what cool is in that yeah. market? And, and that's my main, Miami's just been on my mind. I know, yeah, you I know, get it. I get like, it. You know, I, I kind of want to live there, it. too, and it's just, like, been on my mind. But, you know like I said, the Nashvilles, yeah, the Austins, yeah. you know, those places where I'm seriously looking at. Cincinnati, Ohio is a killer. Like there's some, there's some really good markets that are growing at a fucking clip, yeah. like insane clip. And their prices are still relatively cheap compared to, you go to Miami, you're talking 65 base plus 22 triple net. <laughs> like you're just like, get yeah, the fuck yeah, out yeah, of here. <laughs> it's nuts. All right. And then here's the last one I got for you. And I, I appreciate your fun. I don't even know how long we've been jamming for. No, it's fine, bro. I, I said, this is, this is my working Dude, time, bro. I'm here. I'm is, here. 
I didn't want to get into the Bravo stuff. I was doing my research on you. And I'm like this. He's get, he gets asked about fucking winter house and all that stuff a ton. <laughs> is that tough as an entrepreneur? Like, I mean, cause that obviously that pulled you away for a minute, yeah. right? Like when you think of where your life can go, reality TV and Bravo and this, if you got the pick, like to go one way and I'm not trying to get you in trouble, Bravo here or nothing, but like, where would you, like, what would you pick if you had to draw a line in the sand and go one direction? It'd be bury, this. bury me here, baby. Yeah, like a hundred percent. Like this is this is what I live for. I mean, this is it. I'm it with with the with the reality show stuff. I don't think I'm that good at it. You know what I'm saying? It's just like it is what it is. I think I'm really I'm good at a couple things. Talking shits, one of them. Building gyms is another. You know, <laughs> like like those are those. I'm really good at those. And like I'm confident that I can like create an experience in a gym that a lot of people can't. I think that's one of my talents in life. I think I found it. I might not be the best at like operating the business, but creating it and then I can hire people that help me operate it. I'm really good at just creating that vibe, that experience, that cool factor. Yeah. It's just in me. So the reality stuff is fun. I use it for organic. It's a megaphone. It, it is, it literally is. I've, I've been offered it for years and years and I didn't want to do it because I didn't want it to distract me from what I was doing. You know, I didn't want it to be like, oh, you're a reality star. And then he did gym. It's like, no, I wanted to be the gym. And then I just had my side gig is, is a funny reality yeah, TV yeah, show yeah. and bring light to me. And then whether you think I'm a fuck boy, douchebag, whatever, you're like, oh, I want to go make fun of his gym. You show up and you're like, oh, this is kind of cool. You know, like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I want to hate on it, but all right, this is yeah, kind of yeah, dope. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, 100%, it's fun, but I could get X tomorrow, whatever. This is, this is it, you know, because try to take this from me. You know, sure, you have to pull yeah. my, you know, cold dead hit fingers. Uh -huh. The reality shit, that's in, you know, that's why I became an entrepreneur so that I have control. I kind of create my own destiny with the TV stuff is like, they can just be like, sorry, we don't really like you anymore. And be like, what? I did everything perfect. What do you mean? Like, nah, we're just not really feeling you anymore. See you later. And then I'm like, what? Then my whole world of like, that is, is done. And I've seen it happen all the time seen it left and right where it's like well we're kind of done with that's your my story. identity i'm that person on that show to that audience yeah and then when when it's done it's like well what the fuck do i do now you know it's like this is like i want this to be my legacy the reality shit you know fun cool and like i was telling you earlier it'd be funny to show my my grandkids be like your dad was cool back in the day yeah, your yeah, grandpa yeah, yeah, was yeah, cool yeah, yeah. let me show you some funny shit you know and it's like who can say they're on a, a show it, it literally is just kind of for a fun thing this is i want to be my legacy where like you know the Nikes, the, the shit that like it lasts for my grandkids and they're like, oh wow, your dad was, your grandpa was that, you know, like that's really where I want it to be and that I truly in my heart think I can change the fitness industry through it. I think I have, I think I have what it takes and like I want to compete. Like, you know, it's like I had that, that desire where I'm like, we can do it, something cool here and uh, it's something unique and you know, I'm excited for it. Dude, I'm, I'm fucking pumped. I'm glad you're here. I, uh, I appreciate you taking the time and, and cutting time out from your day. If anyone wants to learn more about it, there's so much we didn't cover, but uh, what's the, where, where, where do they find things out about Corey Kiefer and <laughs> Core24? Yeah, so Core24, Jim, that's our Instagram, that's our TikTok, our, our websites. I'm, I'm going to create an a, a entire website, which is Core24 Gym, but we have three websites. Core 24 CLT, Core 24 GVL, and Core 24 Gym. Um, I'm in the works of just making one. Yeah. I've made some mistakes on that. Um, for my personal, it's Corey Kiefer, K-O-R-Y Kiefer. Um, not too hard to find, but uh, yeah. Dope, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you for having me on, man. I, I, I can talk about this for hours, as you can tell. This is so. dope. This is dope. All right, I appreciate it. Thank you, brother.